those who are weary. Praise God. And so I believe this is a word in season today. I'm excited about it and I'm so glad to see you. And um, uh, I was just thinking there, you know, the, um, we were talking there Thursday night uh, about the, the long dark nights coming and whatever. And, um, you know, it's, it's a new season. It's going into a different season. And there's nothing wrong with going into a new season. And there's a transition uh, between seasons in every season, whatever it is in life. There's always a transition time. And sometimes the transition time can be a time of, oh, I don't want to do this or I don't like this now. And a lot of people don't like the thought of winter coming and the dark nights and, and whatever, you know. And, and it's just a negative mindset. And all that's needing there is for their, their minds to be renewed. And, uh, you know, we have to have autumn, we have to have winter in order that we can have spring and that the new life can come forth, you know, and uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a, it's a beautiful time of year, but um, I see a lot of people uh, are thinking about, you know, I need to get fit now uh, and out, out now, going for walks, um, going to plan the winter out so that we'll have plenty of things to do and we won't be, you know, um, finding the days or the nights long. And I see that people are always interested in building themselves up. And unfortunately, um, what we see is that people will build themselves up in every area, especially going into winter, you see it. People take out gym memberships, um, they, they go for night classes, they, you know, they'll start to build themselves up physically with their fitness, with their diet, uh, thinking about Christmas coming and trying to fit into a new red dress. And, um, you know, uh, uh, they build themselves up educationally, trying to upskill themselves, go do courses, start something new. Uh, they try to build themselves up financially looking at their pension and at their you know their investments or whatever build themselves up relationally um, either by uh, going to therapy <laughs> of some kind or going on tinder you know or something like that and and they're trying to to, to change and and, and upskill build up their lives uh, even you have people who build themselves up linguistically they'll they'll do crosswords they'll do um, uh, French courses, Spanish courses, they'll do, uh, you know, word puzzles, all these kind of things. And people will build themselves up. But one thing is, is that uh, many people forget to build themselves up spiritually. And uh, what I want to speak today about is a strong spirit, having a strong spirit. And, um, you know, I believe that there are people who are uh, physically very fit. You see them, they can do all kinds of challenges and, you know, various kind of, of um, uh, achievements and stretching themselves in areas uh, of, of excellence in, in every part of their lives. But I see that they're dying from starvation uh, spiritually. And, uh, you know, you can have all the hype and all of the... the physical beauty and whatever uh, but if you're spiritually starving you know I want to show you a scripture to begin with it's in James and chapter 2 and this just really the Lord really ministered this um, yesterday I just I often listen to the audio Bible on Bible Gateway and um, he was I was just listening to the book of James because I wanted to look at another scripture that we were looking at on Thursday night but um, it just went into chapter two then, and this just, it just hit me. And uh, 
James is talking about how faith without good deeds is dead. And he's saying there, you know, that um, some people think that their salvation is only earned by good deeds. Paul already dealt with that in Ephesians. And James said, no. But he said, having said that, you know, your good deeds demonstrate the fruit of your salvation. They demonstrate the fruit of your faith. And um, so he was dealing with that uh, down along there. And I just want to read one scripture because I've got a lot of scriptures to get through there. But um, in, in verse 23, he said, And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God. This is James 2, verse 23. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Because Abraham trusted in God, he believed what God said and God counted. We've been speaking about that for the last couple of weeks. He was even called the friend of God. Imagine that. That Abraham was called God's friend. So was Moses. And, uh, you know, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, it says that because of what Jesus did for us at the cross, we have been reconciled back to God and we are now God's friends. Jesus said in John 15, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And many people have a real sincere heart to please God and to do the right thing. But, you know, they're, they're going about it from a works mentality of I'll have to do this and this. I'll have to do some kind of penance or, or hurt myself in some way in order to get right with God. And, and God is, you know, longing and desiring to have this intimate relationship with us he's already dealt with the sin he's already dealt with all of the curse uh, in his son Jesus and he's there wanting and desiring for us to come to know that and just drop the 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 bravado and become his friend and and become you know who we are take up our rightful place as the sons and daughters of God and so um he says in verse 24, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. So that's what James was saying, is that, of course, you know, that there's a, a kind of a marriage there of when you're saved, you can't help but do good things. When you believe in God, when your mind is being renewed, when you realize who you are in Christ, it just overflows out of you in the same way that joy overflows out of you, in the same way that confidence and, and faith, you know, uh, not fearing uh, flows out of you because you know who you are in Christ. And then he goes on to say, Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. And this is what I want you to look at here. Just as the body is dead without the spirit, so also faith is dead without good works. And so this really just jumped out at me that as the body is, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without good deeds or without deeds or works is dead. And so, you know, there's a scripture that says in, in Leviticus, the life of the body is in the blood. And so, you know, we understand that, that because of what Jesus did for us at the cross, 
our spirits have been reconnected to God and it is our spirit that is giving life and if you look at anybody you know Sid Roth has a program there called It's Supernatural and I'd encourage you to to watch it just to lift up your faith and to build you up and you know many of the people they're ordinary people and many of those people have had near-death experiences where they have, you know, died on the table or had some kind of an accident where they, they died and, and they were resuscitated. And they all say the same thing, that they saw themselves, you know, that they saw their, their body and they, they lifted up out of their body. And so it was their spirit that, that left their body, but they saw their body. And you see... The body without the spirit is dead. And so, you know, um, let's have a look and, and just focus on this for a moment. In Proverbs chapter 18, I just want to show you how having a strong spirit sustains uh, our lives and how to get there, how to cultivate and develop that strong spirit. Um, in, in Proverbs 18 and verse 14, and it says, The spirit of a man sustains him in sickness, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? And um, I just want to give you some translations of the Hebrew there. The spirit is the ruach which is the spirit of God, uh, the, you know, the breath of God, the same as, but it, it also means our breath. And, it, you know, if you think about it, when God created Adam, he created him out of the dust. And then it said, and God breathed up his nostrils. And you might think, well, our breath is different from, from the breath of the spirit. It's not. We are being sustained by the breath of, of God. And uh, as we cultivate um, and, and our relationship with him and get to know him, we are strengthening our spirit. And, you know, you want to look and see why, why there's so many disasters and destructions happening all over the world. It's because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what Hosea 4, 6 says. And that is the truth. God's people, he has created every one of us, every human being, every man, woman, and child have been created by God uh, for a special purpose as his children, as his sons and his daughters, as his ambassadors on this earth. But so many people have got sidetracked, they've got distracted, they've got sucked in and deceived and deluded by sin and by the enemy, and they're being influenced and oppressed and, and in cases possessed by Satan and being, you know, used by him to cause destruction in other people's lives but for those who you know that's why Jesus said wide is the path of, of destruction and many find it but narrow is the path the uh, the right way and he said few find it why is that because it requires shedding some stuff it requires a, a different attitude and a different spirit and Praise God, you know, God wants to build up your spirit and he wants us and he's given us the tools and equipment. He's given us his word. He's given us the infilling, the presence of his Holy Spirit uh, to, to help us to navigate our way through life and, and to live a strong, successful, victorious life. That's what God wants. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you alive? Yes. Amen. Just check there. <laughs> okay. So, um... The spirit of a man 
will sustain him. Another translation of that is it will cause him to endure. So the, the spirit of a man will cause him to endure or will lift him and carry him. And when they're speaking here about the spirit of a man, he's talking about mankind. Okay, will we'll sustain him or carry him or lift him in sickness, with a sick body, with infirmity or with trouble is another, um, another translation of that there. You know, it's very important for you to understand what are the true meanings of the words you're reading here. Because, you know, various translations have, have different words used. But to do a study, this is what Bible study is, to, to really dig in and seek out what is God saying here. And so, um, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, in infirmity and in trouble. But who can bear or who can survive or who can be raised up or resurrected from a broken spirit? And a broken spirit there is crushed, wounded or afflicted. And... Um, Praise the Lord. Uh, it, it says in the NLT, the human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Now that's not technically a fantastic translation there of that because it's a strong spirit will sustain a man. So say strong spirit. Strong spirit. Okay, will you say it again a bit louder? Strong spirit. Strong spirit. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Jesus, hard to. We'll have to get out the whip. Strong <laughs> spirit. Amen. A strong spirit. A strong spirit. There's no point in, in facing the devil and saying, I have a strong spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think he's going to go like that if you yeah. do that? Yeah. No. I, I have a strong spirit. No. You know, he, that's why he says in Peter, resist him. St firm and, and established and steadfast in the face in the faith get out of here satan in the name of jesus you have no authority to do this you have no authority to to bring that uh, whatever it is against my life i refuse it you're a liar god's word is true and whatever it is whether it's fear whether it's sickness whether it's uh you know whatever problems or circumstances you need to apply the word of god and you need to do it you know there, there's no there's no uh, burglar is going to leave your house if you go hide in the cupboard you know whereas if you come out with a shotgun i'll tell you he won't be long and i'm not in any way in any okay let's make this clear in no way am i suggesting that you go after anyone with a shotgun. But I'm just saying, in the spirit, some of you need to take out and dust off your spiritual shotguns. Amen? Amen. You know, praise the Lord. Maybe it's a machine gun you need, depending on, what's, depending on what the enemy is doing. It may be. Praise the Lord. She's off. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17, just over the page there, in verse 22. It says, a joyful or a merry heart. Will we read it together? A joyful, merry heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Okay. A joyful or a merry heart. And um, uh, it's good medicine. The word for medicine there is the word meaning healing or cure or relief. So a merry heart is actually a cure or a relief to a physical body. But a broken spirit dries the bones. 
You know that many people who are suffering with various ailments or sicknesses, uh, those things, our immune system comes from, and you can read about it as well in, in Proverbs chapter 4, but um, our immune system is created inside in our bone marrow. That's where the white blood cells and the, the, um, all of the things we need for our immune system and to have fresh, clean blood um, and antibodies and all those things, that's where it's made. And so isn't this interesting that a broken spirit dries the bones? Not just talking about something like osteoporosis or any of those things, but speaking about you know ailments and, and cancers and sicknesses and arthritis or, or any kind of, of um, you know, ailments of the bones, inflammation. Those things, you know, you need to look at and see, Lord, is my spirit uh, broken in any place? I need to strengthen my spirit. And that's what we're doing here. We're feeding off of God's word. You know, Jesus, when, the, when Satan um, tested him in the wilderness, he, am I shouting too loud? No. <laughs> I feel I'm shouting. But, um, you know, when, when Satan tested Jesus, he said, if you're the son of God. It was the first thing he came after was, was Jesus' identity. If you are the son of God, turn this rock into a piece of bread. You know, and Jesus needed to prove nothing to Satan, and neither do you. You know, this is another thing. You, you do not need to justify yourself. And, and I think we'd be in a lot better world if, if we were, you know, not doormats. For people and not bowing down to the enemy and instead taking out that spiritual shotgun and saying move out of here straight away or I'll blow your head off devil in Jesus name you have no authority here and so you know that broken spirit dries the bones and another version of it says uh, the broken spirit saps a person's strength saps their strength so you see you know and, and that's what I'm telling you resist that heaviness Resist that exhaustion. Oftentimes, yes, of course it is from being busy and running around and having loads of things to do and being tired. But very often, I'll tell you, exhaustion and heaviness is actually coming from a demon. Yeah. It's a demonically influenced or demonically, uh, um, what do you call it, a, a demon that's, that's trying to strategically close you down and shut you down and get you to be too tired to fight. Hallelujah. Amen. So a, a merry heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And the word dries there, it translates to mean um, to be ashamed, to be confused, to be disappointed, or to wither. And do you know that trauma actually ages us? Trauma, trauma that we've lived through or that we've gone through as a child or as a, an adult, whatever, whenever it was, any kind of trauma. That's why you need to deal with it in prayer and bring it to the Lord and say, Father, you know, when, when, when I went through that, that was heartbreaking. That was devastating. That, that really, you know, it, 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 it lowered my self-confidence. I, I, you know, it, it brought fear into my life. I ask you, Lord, I, I just bring it to you. The, these are the ashes. And there's a transfer and an exchange at the cross. That's why he said in Isaiah chapter 61, he gives us his beauty for our ashes. Amen. What a beautiful picture. Um, years ago, it's one of my favorite artists. I can't remember. Um, oh, God, what's her name? He gives, he gives me beauty for ashes. Um, anyway, it's a song, Beauty for Ashes. Uh, you'll have to look her up. I can't remember her name now off the top of my head. Praise the Lord. 
Um, a happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind. Oh yeah, this is the amplified. A happy heart is good medicine. Say good medicine. Good medicine. Yeah, there's people here, you know, uh, out in the world today and, and they're running and t popping all kinds of pills and taking all kinds of medications, taking lots of various drugs or alcohol or whatever to try and numb and, and quench uh, that, that desire, that agitation. And you know, a happy heart, a merry heart, is good medicine. And, it, um, and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Um, turn over again to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. Proverbs 15. <clears throat> Are you glad you're here? Amen. Are you starting to cheer up a bit? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hey, praise the Lord. Um, in Proverbs 15, verse 13, a heart full of joy and goodness makes a cheerful face. Put on your cheerful face. Yeah, you know, I, sometimes I look in the mirror and I go, oh my God, everything's falling. <laughs> everything's going downwards. And so I'd be, I, I found myself the last year mowing the lawn out by the roadside and going, <laughs> putting my... So, Putting up my cheeks into a cheerful face so that at least, you know, <laughs> that's the enemy. But it's the truth, though, in all honesty. How many of us go around like and our face is getting more dragged down by the day? And a cheerful, a cheerful face um, comes from a heart full of joy and goodness. But when the heart is full of sadness, the spirit is crushed. So you see, there's, there's, there's two extremes. And um, where there's any kind of sadness, where there's any kind of regret, any kind of pain, any kind of trauma, those things need to be dealt with. And how you deal with them is you deal with them in prayer. And you come to the Word of God and you, you ask the Lord, you ask the Holy Spirit, will you show me, Lord? Will you show me how to deal with this and how to get rid of it out of my life? Because it's a bondage and it's a stronghold. And it's keeping you imprisoned. And it's keeping you from being able to fulfill the destiny God has for you. You know, and, and people are around and they're searching for and they're saying, well, if I could just get prayer for this and get healed of that or whatever. And, you know, they're dealing with the symptoms instead of with the root cause. And oftentimes the root cause is a broken spirit. Amen. And that's what this, these, these scriptures are showing us. Um, in, in Luke chapter 2, if you go to the gospel of Luke. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is a light unto our path and a lamp to our feet. Your word is health to all our flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Well, actually, first of all, go to Luke chapter 1 while you're at, at the first chapter of Luke there. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. This was speaking about John the Baptist. It was after his father, Zechariah, you know, spoke this beautiful, beautiful prophecy and um, in verse 80, it says, the child, and this is referring to John the Baptist, Zechariah's child. The child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit. Amen. So, you know, John the Baptist had to do it. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Luke 2, 40. This is speaking about Jesus. It was um, verse 40. And the child, this time it's got a capital C. The child continued to grow and become strong in spirit, 
filled with wisdom and the grace, the favor and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. You think about David. If you want to have a look at it, you can uh, go back. But it's in 1 Samuel chapter um, 16. When Samuel, uh, God gave out to Samuel and he said to him, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? You know, Samuel was sitting there and he was really ticked off because he, he really loved Saul. And the Lord chastised him and said, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? Get up, get your oil and go and anoint this boy that I want you to anoint as king over Israel. And he will be, you know, God later spoke about David. and He said, he's a man after my own heart. And, you know, David wasn't perfect, far from it. But one thing was, David was a worshiper. And, um, you know, he, he worshiped the Lord. And this is this is so important for us to worship God. It's what is one of the main ingredients to a strong spirit is communing with God and worshiping him, sing, worshiping him, singing to him, uh, speaking his word forth, studying his word, uh, you know, and, and when things come up, which they will, he will bring things to the surface and he'll show you stuff about yourself um, Oftentimes what we do is we see stuff about other people. <laughs> we say, you know, I wish now that Paddy was here to hear this because I'll tell you, he needs it so badly. No, you know, the Lord deals with us. We're to look after our own house and then we can pray and intercede for others. But we don't, you know, because that's witchcraft. Uh, but the Lord, deal, he, he brings issues up in ourselves that we need to deal with. And... Um, that's what he said about David when eventually, when Samuel, when David was eventually brought in, um, and it's a beautiful account of it. And, you know, Jesse, as you know, didn't even bring him in from the fields. Uh, he brought all the others, and Samuel got sucked in. It's very easy to, to be deceived, you know, but that's why we need the Spirit of God, and that's why we need a strong spirit. Because even Samuel was deceived. And when he saw the eldest guy, Eliab, he said, my God, what a fine king this guy's going to make. He's handsome in every way. And God said, don't you dare even think that he's the one. I've rejected him. Because you're only looking at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart. And then when David came in, it said um, that God said to, to Samuel, stand up, he's the one. And it said he was only a young boy. And it said that when Samuel poured the oil, and the oil there is reminiscent or, or symbolizing the, the Holy Spirit. And when the oil was poured on David, it said, and the Spirit of God came upon him strongly from that day. And later on, um, you read about how a tormenting demon started to torment um, Saul uh, to such an extent that, the, that he was driven out of his mind with oppression or depression or whatever. And that his courtiers said, you know, we should get somebody to come and play some music. It wasn't just music, it was play worship. And one of them said, I know there's this boy and he's very skillful at worship. Let's bring him in. And Saul said, yeah, go get him. And it said that when David was brought into the court of the king and he played. So what David was doing, he wasn't just playing, well, you know, um, have you got a selection you'd like to hear today, Saul? He wasn't. He was playing what he knew. And what he knew was worship. 
And that's why he was a man after God's own heart, regardless of his mistakes and his failures. Because you see, the blood of Jesus dealt with them. And David himself, you know, as you know, there was things that cropped up in his life where, where he was confronted with his own failings and his sin, and he had to repent, and he constantly did. In fact, the Bible says that David was quick to repent. And that's the way we need to live, quick to repent, because we all mess up and make mistakes and do stupid things every day. Um, and so it said that when David worshipped, the demon that was um, oppressing Saul left every time he played. But then it would come back and he'd have to come back and play again. That's because the Spirit of God had departed from Saul. And the Spirit of God was now on David. And now, because of Jesus, no longer is it just one here or one there that has the Spirit of God upon their lives and in them. That's why Jesus came. And he said, I'm going back to the Father and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. I won't leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not an orphan. And, you know, many people and many Christians are, are living our, our lives as orphans, as spiritual orphans, because we don't know who we belong to. We don't know the authority that we walk in. We don't know the word of God. And our spirits have not been fed and strong. Like Jesus said, that's what he said to the devil when he said, turn that, that stone into bread. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's a feeding, a spiritual feeding that takes place that brings strength. We read it there earlier that a broken spirit saps, saps the strength. You know, that gives you an indication. It's like a, a very low tap turned on and just to dribble 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 but you know that dribble keeps going and over days and weeks and months whatever wherever that 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 uh, that dribble has been coming from is left empty because it's all dribbled away and that's what that's talking about they're sapping your strength and many people are dealing with all kinds of exhaustion and heaviness and fatigue and it's actually coming in the spirit realm it's not physical exhaustion praise God in his presence there's fullness of joy uh, in his presence there's refreshment and great things forever okay in um, Luke 24 well we are in Luke Luke 24 and verse 46 no that's wrong <laughs> Uh-oh, hang on now. No, it was before that. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry, it's actually uh, 2346, sorry. Luke 2346. And Jesus, this was him on the cross, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So Jesus died when he released his spirit to God. And we read there in the, at the beginning in James chapter 2. I'll just read it again for you. As the body 
without the spirit is dead. So here, Jesus released his spirit to the Father and he died. It's also in um, Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. It says, Jesus shouted out again and he released or he gave up his spirit. And so when the spirit departs from the body, the body is dead. So therefore, in order for life to flow in the body, the spirit needs to be strong. Um, in Psalm 51, verse 11. Praise God. God bless you. Psalm 51. have to hurry because we're getting through these quickly. <laughs> Psalm 51, verse 11. Well, I'll say verse 10. This is David, and this is after he'd one of his massive failings when he he committed adultery with Bathsheba but worse than that he sent her husband off to be to be murdered in war uh, you know it was a terrible thing but he this is what he said in verse 10 create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me you know what steadfast means it means immovable it means strong anchored established you know, and so create in me a clean heart and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Hallelujah. So our spirit, you know, needs to be willing as well as in order to be strong. Amen. Um, okay, in Jude, other end of the Bible, just before the book of Revelation, the book of Jude, there's only one, one chapter in it, and we're going to verse 20 and 21. Jude was giving a warning to the church about those wolves, really, who will try and cause strife and, and, and cause division and, and all kinds of... Actually, he said they're devoid of the Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And then he said in verse 20, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher. This is the amplified version. By praying in the Holy Spirit. So as we pray in the Spirit, and that's why, you know, at Pentecost, when the tongues of fire in Acts chapter 2 came upon, Acts 1 and 2 there, when the Holy Spirit came, uh, the tongues of fire came upon each one of those believers there. And they all started to speak in other tongues. They started to, to, to pray in the spirit. And uh, to such an extent, they were so loud and they spilled out onto the street that all the people who were there for the celebration of the feast, uh, they all heard their own dialect being spoken, number one. And they, they started to laugh at them and say, these guys are drunk, but how could they be drunk and, and praying and, and, and speaking in my own language? You know, and, and they were totally confused. And Peter said, they are not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. 
you know, meaning like if they had been drinking, it's well worn off by now. And uh, instead he said, this is what Joel promised, where God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. So it's the Holy Spirit living inside of us who, who uh, gives us this gift of our own private prayer language between me and God. And it's such a, a, a precious place. I, I believe it's actually the secret place uh, in a lot of ways because Satan cannot understand it and therefore he cannot interfere. And so when we pray in the Spirit, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what we're doing is we are communing intimately with God. And we are uh, speaking out his plans and his purposes. You don't know what you're praying for. You, you know, when you're praying in the spirit, you could be praying for, for some kind of a disaster to be averted somewhere in, in one of your family's lives. Or, or you could be praying over your future. I remember Lance Wallenau. I don't know if you know that guy, but um, he, he, he's um, a very funny kind of a guy. But um, he said... Uh, you know, there a few years ago, all of a sudden, he started to sort of have doors opened to him to politicians and stuff. And, and he was praying one night and he said, Lord, where did all this stuff come out of? I never was interested in politics. I never wanted to, you know, how, how was all these doors opening uh, to me being able to minister and pray for these politicians and them ringing me up and asking for prayer and all this? He said, where did this all come out of? And the Lord said, sure, haven't you been praying in tongues for years, telling me, uh, prophesying into your future that, that you, you, you know, uh, would want to be involved in politics and in ministering to politicians? And he, he said, I never knew that. But, you know, he said, as I was praying in the spirit, I was, I was praying into my destiny. Hallelujah. So that's what Jude is saying here. You know, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the spirit. That's how you build up your spirit. Amen. And, and you'll have the enemy will tell you that's the most stupid thing. That's no such thing. That's, you have pastors who are preaching that that has passed away. Oh, dear. You know, uh, that is such a lie from the pit. That's a delusion and a deception. It has not passed away. Because what you're doing there, and you need to be very careful, because, you know, Jesus said, and many people get upset about the unpardonable sin, and they wonder what it is, you know, saying, oh God, I think somebody maybe who had an abortion or something says, or murdered somebody says, I think I committed the unpardonable sin. Listen, what the unpardonable sin is, is denying the Holy Spirit. Denying the Holy Spirit. Denying his power. And that's why, you know, Timothy is quite clear and uh, James and Peter uh, in, in the epistles speaking about the end days, about people having a form of religion, a thin veneer of religion, but denying the power thereof. And, you know, these are the same people who, who are going to come to Jesus someday and say, Lord, I did this in your name and I did that in your name and I did this. This is all the good works mentality. And now, as we said earlier on with James, he was quite right. You know, show me your faith and show, I'll show you my good works because our good works should come out of our faith. But there are people who are solely basing their theology, uh, their religion, their doctrine and their, their faith on if I do good enough things and if I am good enough, then hopefully I will uh, have some kind of a chance with God. And that is... That is not salvation. 
Salvation is only to be found in the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is the Lamb of God. Amen. And so, isn't that wonderful? That we don't have to be the perfect super Christian. We don't have to be the super woman, the super men. And, and be careful of super men and super women that you see online or wherever. People who, who that's why I really loved that man last week, Ariel. I, I felt he was the most humble man uh, that really, uh, you know, showed the, 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 the ordinary, um, regular, daily struggle that everybody has. Yes. But many people will cover it up and they put on their church face and the facade. And that goes very much with the religious spirit. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything's wonderful. How's things with you? Oh, God, they're actually not really good. But I suppose I can't tell you now because praise the Lord, everything's wonderful with you. You know, and <laughs> it makes people feel like they're worthless and that there's something majorly wrong with them. And what do they do then? They go home and they start doing loads of Good things again. Now, I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to, you know, uh, do this and do that and do the other thing. And instead, what the Lord has called us to do is rest in what he's done. That's why he suffered. He suffered. He took, he became cursed so that we could be healed. And when we're not uh, re receiving that healing and when we're not receiving that intimacy and that fellowship with him, we're, you know, we're putting up a wall. And, and, and stopping ourselves from being able to enjoy our life. Why did Jesus say in John chapter 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you would enjoy your life. Okay? Amen. Remember, enjoy your life, cheerful face, happy spirit, joyful heart. All these things go together. Is there a passion developing here? Oh, yeah. Yes. Praise the Lord. Um, in Psalm 139, uh, just let's read it quickly. Well, how are we fixed for time? There's so much. Lots of it. Uh, <clears throat> Psalm 139. Okay. You know it. Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. He knows all about you. He knows the good things and he knows the bad things. And guess what? He still loves you. Amen. And it's not that he's accepting uh, as in like, oh, look, I can, I can do this and I can do that and I can come to the blood afterwards. That's not how you live if you, if you, are, if you know the Lord. You know, there's, there is a transformation that takes place and, and a change that takes place. But he knows that we are only dust and he knows that the enemy trips us up and causes, you know, uh, things to happen that, that get us to mess up. And what do we do? We must be quick to repent and say, Lord, forgive me in Jesus' name. But anyway, he goes on here to say in verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. No matter where I go, whether it's up or down or in or out or over or back, God's presence is there. You know, it's the very first scripture in the book of Genesis. The earth was without form and the spirit of God was hovering. And he's still hovering. Amen. He's still here. In fact, he's not just hovering now. He's living inside of us. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And wherever we go, we bring him. 
and we can change the atmosphere. You know, there's people that are working in places that are very difficult. There are people living in homes where there's a very difficult atmosphere. There may be even living in a house perhaps where, where somebody was living long ago and there's, you know, bad things happen there. You know, for somebody to be able to understand how to pray, Lord, I take authority in the name of Jesus over every unclean spirit, over anything that went on in this house, in my family, in my bloodline, whatever, that was not of you. I renounce it. I break all attachment with it. And I, I loose myself from it in Jesus' name. And I declare that the Holy Spirit is the spirit in charge and in control in this house or in this workplace or whatever. And there's a difference then that the, the atmosphere has changed. Amen? And um, that's what he said anyway. Uh, you can read the rest of it yourself. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26. Verse 3. When I saw this years ago, it changed my life. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, whose minds are stayed on you, another version says, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord, Yahweh, always. For the Lord God, Yahweh, he is the everlasting rock. Hallelujah. I love that, what you said a few weeks ago, Catherine, uh, that God is the everlasting rock. He is the, the, the rock face. Jesus is the cornerstone and we are the living stones. And together we make up the, the house of God, the kingdom of God. Imagine that. The spirit of God living inside of us has caused us to become living stones. Living stones. This is, you know, awesome. In, um, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, this is laying the foundation of a, a strong spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, and you know, that's what the, most of the church is doing, is, is arguing with each other. And that's why... There's no advancement like there should be. If I'll tell you, if Christians could get a revelation of living uh, in unity together, in one accord with God, uh, empowered by the power of his Holy Spirit, the whole world would be turned upside down in 24 hours. It would not be the same. But the enemy has distracted them and kept them busy fighting with each other and pointing out each other's flaws and saying, we're better than you are and you're this and you're that. And, you know, it's such a joke. But it's not a joke, obviously. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas. Instead, it says, train yourself to be godly. It says, keep yourself spiritually fit in another, in another version. Physical training is good, but training for godliness, training for spiritual fitness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Imagine that. If I keep myself spiritually fit, I will not get deceived. Actually, that's what he's speaking about there in 1 Timothy 4. Paul was warning that in the end days, people will turn away. They'll turn away from the faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings and doctrines of demons. Uh, these people, he said in verse 2, they're, they're hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Their consciences are seared. Because you see, the Holy Spirit is not living inside of them. We just read that earlier on there in, in um, Jude, wasn't it? They're devoid of the Spirit. 
And what they do is they go around and they start stirring up strife and causing all kinds of deception and, and delusions. And what it causes the people to do is to become spiritually malnourished, weak and die. So as we train ourselves up to be spiritually strong, we will not fall for deception. And it's the one thing that Jesus warned three times about in Matthew 24 when the disciples asked him and they said, tell us about the end times, what's going to happen? And three times he mentioned deception. Deception. Praise the Lord. Um, Okay, how are we fixed? What I'd like to do is break bread with you. So um, a strong spirit... What is a strong spirit? A strong spirit is, is a rested spirit. It's an anchored spirit. It's a spirit that we read it there earlier, is steadfast and established. This goes back to the teaching that Jesus gave about the man or the woman who builds their house on the sand versus the rock. The one that's built in the rock, no matter what the storm that comes, that house will stand. It may be getting whacked and beaten by wind and rain, but it'll stay standing. And, you know, that's, that's the truth. People go through things in life, circumstances and difficult things. The enemy gets in or whatever. And, and people say, Lord, why is this happening? What's, what's going on or what's happening? Sometimes it's just that you're under attack. Because you're standing on the word of God. And because there's a call of God on your life. There's a target on your head. And the enemy is doing everything he can to knock you over. And so that's why you need a strong spirit that remains immovable and established. Hallelujah. Anchored. Steady under pressure. A strong spirit is steady under pressure. A a strong spirit never quits. Turn around and point to your neighbor and say, never quit. Never quit. Never give up. Never give up. Never. Uh, A strong spirit is confident in God. Um, A strong spirit is peaceful. (laughs) You know, no matter what's happening, a strong spirit will remain calm and peaceful. Okay, the circumstances may not be calm and everybody else around you might be in utter hysterics and craziness. But, you know, like we read in Isaiah, you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. You keep him in perfect peace. Hallelujah. So that's what a strong spirit is. And a strong spirit will rest. Um, a strong spirit. How do, we, how do we get a strong spirit? We feed on the word of God. Say feed on the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That's quite simple. You should put that up in your fridge. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me because there's so many voices speaking and what they're doing is trying to distract people, trying to get people to look over here, look over there, do this, do that. And this is why then that people, and if you want to look at the world, what do you think of the world at the moment? But I'll, I'll give you a, a physical demonstration. <laughs> That's what the world looks like to me at the moment. They're all crazy. They're off their nuts. Like they're, they're calling things that are evil good. They're calling things that are good evil. They're, they're all confused. They don't know whether they're coming or going. Their heads from their backsides. They're just up in turmoil. And these are the people leading us. 
You know, and that's what the world is like right now. But you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So as we feed on the word of God, as we listen to the voice of God and follow him, okay? Don't follow what the world is saying. Follow what God's word says. Follow what he says. And when you do that, there's not going to be confusion and there's not going to be strife. And instead, you know, you will, uh, you'll, you'll be wearing your, your gun belt like those guys long ago in the, in the westerns, ready, ready at any minute to pull it out and, you know, remember now what I said, that's a spiritual gun, got that? Yeah, okay, and feed on the word of God, follow and do the ways of Jesus, okay, let's break bread and uh, we'll turn to Isaiah 40 while we're doing that, amen, so you can take... Um, I take this bread in remembrance of you, of your body that was broken and given up for me so that I could be healed. Lord Jesus, you came to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up their wounds. We just read, yeah, we did, yeah, you could say that. We just read, yeah, in Isaiah chapter 40. That you give power to the weak and to those who have no might. You increase strength. I receive your might, your power, your strength in my physical body, my mind, my heart, my emotions, my relationships, and all the work of my hands. In Jesus' name, I thank you for breaking off every curse and I declare that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of your might I eat strength and wholeness today in Jesus name Amen let's take the bread this is what communion is meant to be communion is me and God is you and God us together remembering what his son did for us on the cross man has made it something totally different and something very distant it's personal it was personal to Jesus that's why he said you know he gave the the um, illustration of the, the kingdom of God and said he goes after the one sheep He said, will not the shepherd leave the 99? He leaves the 99 to go after the one and to bring him home. In Ezekiel 34, that beautiful picture of the good shepherd, he goes and he gathers that sheep that has got lost, that has got wounded or broken. He puts him up on his shoulders and he carries him back to the fold on his shoulders. He lays him down gently and bandages his wounds and heals him. That's what he he came to heal the brokenhearted means. You know, it's personal and it's real. Sometimes we say these things, oh yeah, he came to heal the brokenhearted. And we don't see the picture. We don't see the truth of what that entails. What does healing the brokenhearted entail? Go look at Ezekiel 34 and find out. And in fact, he shows both sides of the two shepherds. He shows the bad shepherds and what they're into. They're only in it for themselves. And then he shows the good shepherd who is God, who came himself to minister 
to those hurt and broken sheep to heal them, to make them whole and put them back into the fold as a viable member. There's no waste, no wasters with God. There's no, you know, written off ones. And it doesn't matter how far down the drain a person has gone or how much uh, they've got knocked down in life. God is our redeemer. He's the God of redemption. Redemption means bringing back from the evil, bringing good out of it and bringing out the other side to victory. That's what a redeemer is. So let's take the cup. Let's say this together. Father, Father, you are my redeemer. You You sent Jesus, Jesus. your son, son. to be the lamb of God, to to die on the cross cross for my sins sins. and to forgive me, to to take my ashes ashes. and give me his beauty, his His righteousness. righteousness. I have right standing with God because of you, Jesus. I ask you you to forgive me me for living way below the level that you made for me. Yeah, you're getting quieter by the minute. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I rejoice today that you wiped out all of the handwriting of the law that was against me that the accuser, Satan, could use against me because of my sin. You took it. You became sin. And the father turned his face away from you so that he wouldn't turn his face away from me. I am accepted. A child of God. And I rejoice today. Amen. We take this we take this cup Lord Jesus and we rejoice and remember your death and your resurrection until you come again. Amen. Hallelujah. Just to finish if you bear with me, just go to Psalm 4. This is being recorded, so you know all those that we're praying for. And we just release this over our lives and over their lives today in the name of Jesus. It says in Psalm 4, Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have freed me when I was hemmed in, and you relieved me when I was in distress. Imagine that. What a beautiful thing. God has has freed us. He's given us freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, Galatians 5.1 says. So he freed us when we were hemmed in, where the enemy brought such oppression, such difficult circumstances, or such sin, or delusion, or deception, or fear, whatever it was, offense, unforgiveness. You know, that's how the enemy hems people in. He puts them into a barricade, into a prison. But God has relieved us when we were in distress Be gracious to me and hear and respond to my prayer. This is the Amplified again. O sons of men, how long will my honor and glory be turned into shame? How long 
Will you, my enemies, love worthless, vain, futile things and seek deception and lies? And that's what the enemy is doing. He's causing people to seek after lies and deception instead of seeking after God. He's causing, uh, you know, demons to uh, make it their sole purpose to make your life as miserable as they possibly can. Because when your spirit is weak and broken, but when your spirit is strong, remember the gun. Okay, and the bigger the better. The faster the round, the better. No need to reload, get a machine gun. (laughs) This is what we need to, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle you're in. And it's a spiritual takedown you need to do with the enemy. Because there are demons that are oppressing you and your family. And they have done for generations. Don't think that this is something new. This is inherited And it's coming down the generations. And it needs to be stopped now at the blood of Jesus. And that's why we take communion. And I encourage you, you should be taking communion at home often. Every day, in fact, if you can. But the thing is, is, you know, I know times and we get busy and all that. But listen, if there's something the Lord does bring up, sit down and spend some time with him and take communion. And break off those things that, that the Lord has revealed, where there's curse or where there's iniquities, where there's whatever it is. Pray. You'll be surprised. (laughs) Do you know how many people forget to pray? Even great ministers of God, you know, can do a lot of talking and forget to pray. Um, It's it's human nature. Uh, In verse 3, But know that the Lord has set apart for himself and dealt wonderfully with the godly man that's the righteous one and we have been made righteous with the, by, because of the blood of Jesus and for no other reason um, the Lord hears and responds when I call to him tremble with anger or fear and do not sin meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still reflect on your sin and repent of your rebellion offer righteous sacrifices Trust confidently in the Lord. Many are saying, oh, that we might see some good. And you'll hear that in the world. People are saying, what's going on? Why is God allowing this? Why did God allow these terrible things to happen? And they don't realize. We have an enemy and his name is Satan. And mankind is the one who's been given the authority on this earth. And has so far, you know, much of mankind has followed Satan has become totally deceived, totally involved in in all kinds of evil and wickedness, and then they're wondering why bad things happen. It's it's a sad thing. Bad things happen to beautiful people. Because God said it in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, lift up the light of your face upon us, O God. In verse 7, you have put joy in my heart. More than others know when their wheat and new wine have yielded abundantly. In peace and with tranquil heart I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. Hallelujah. So God wants you to be able to lie down and sleep. He wants you to be able to have peace in your mind and in your heart. He wa- you know, this is what God's plan is. So let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word today. I ask you, Lord, to fill me and baptize me with your Holy Spirit, your fire, your power, 
so that my spirit can be strong and I will be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. In Jesus' name, amen.